Hello, welcome to another episode of The High Ground, powered by Premier Companies. Brian, as always, I ask, how are you doing today? And I'm always pretty good. Pretty good. I'm always That's pretty right. good. Yep. So, same this morning. <laughs> well, we got all the laughing out of our system. And with, with us today is a new guest. Um, we have Dan Vague with us, joining us here in the podcast room, the Vice President of Livestock Production. Operations? Operations, right? Production. production. Operation, whatever. Production. All the operations involved. He's in the production. hog guy. Let's say the hog guy. <laughs> and fairly new in this role. So, Dan. Uh, Welcome. Welcome. Well, thank you. We're going to let him introduce himself first or do the question of the day? No, you got to give him a question of the day. Hit him cold. Before we go any farther, you got to have the question of the day. And today's question of the day is, what is your standard work lunch? And the guest always gets to go first. Right. Honestly, I don't have a go-to lunch. But what I try to do, my wife works here in town. And so we try to meet as much as we can. And we'll just go out to some fast food place. Um, Culver's is usually our go-to or Arby's. One oh, of the two. other side of town there? Yeah, yeah. She works out on that end of town. And, and so we will we'll meet out there and, and have lunch together. That's about the only time that we have alone together um, with chasing the kids around. So we try to meet each other nice. and have lunch. So you go to some place that serves chicken or beef? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. That well, makes really. perfect sense. Wow. Well, well ah, the yeah. things we learn. <laughs> this went south quick, Dan. Yeah. It did. <laughs> I mean, no judge. Fish. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, get a fish sandwich. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. So have to go to McDonald's and have it. a McRib. you got to create the demand, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I knew it was going to have bacon on it, but apparently not. So, okay. All right. Well, that's a good, that is a good uh, tradition. That's good. Right. That is good. All right. Brian? Um, so, I bring mine every day, and it's probably whatever, whatever leftovers we have or pretty standard turkey sandwich. So... So I guess I'm not supporting us very well either. But uh, yeah, so nothing, nothing too much. I've been on a diet for like seven months, so yeah, it's it's nothing exciting in there. All right. Well, I've been on a diet for seven days. Okay, how's got it going? Some, got some blood work. That makes one week. Yeah, five pounds. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, the pandemic was was tough on me. I got uh, pretty lazy, but my standard worked um, same way. I brown bag it, have a little uh, lunch box I bring in every day. And my lovely bride, well, she's a saint. She gets up and makes me breakfast and lunch every you day. You said this before. And, I uh, think it, right now you're just gloating. I am. Go ahead. Much. But go yeah. ahead. Uh, so uh, 4 o'clock this morning. So she hops right up there with me, and uh, she made um, – and I do have a pork chop, I think, in my lunchbox. But it's a leftover, generally Finally. speaking. We're salvaged it. Yes. Way to go. Way to go. Well, it's either that or we had some uh, New York strip steaks last night. So I'm not sure what she put in there. Let's that go with the pork chop. Yep. <laughs> At this point. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. So, used to have an egg sandwich for breakfast every morning, but since my new diet started, I'm having oatmeal. So she makes me a cup of those thick, old-fashioned rolled oats. Put some bacon on that oatmeal. And a little bacon. <laughs> and a little bacon. Yeah, exactly. With some maple syrup. So cancel all that healthy stuff out. <laughs> all right. Now that we're hungry. <laughs> so Dan, uh, tell us about how you got here today with the career path. And uh, we had a retirement that just happened. Right. And uh, so tell us, uh, tell us about your promotion and what, how you got to this position. First of all, tell us where you're from. Yeah. You're a ways away. Well, Home's I originally, away, away. originally, yeah, original home was central Kansas. 
um, grew up out there and, and met my wife at Kansas State University. She was originally from here. Um, and so we met out there and she brought me back here. Uh, she went to vet school at Purdue. And so we were up there for three or four years and then moved down here. Um, position came open with, with uh, Jackson Jennings at the time. And uh, Legacy Legacy Company. Right, right. And that's been a little over 15 years ago, 15 and a half years ago. Uh, I interviewed with, with Gary Calloway, who just retired. And uh, I uh, managed the uh, Brownstown feed mill, the branch there. Had the feed mill, a little bit of crops. That was kind of fading out at that time. Uh, but I was there for, for 10 years. And uh, about five years ago, uh, started uh, in in the, the field with the pigs. Um, during that time I was at the feed mill, um, I was working with the pigs some, walking through barns, um, working with growers, uh, the ones that were right around the feed mill. And then we expanded to where we needed a full-time person out in the field working with growers and, and, and walking through the barns. And five years ago, that's what I did. Uh, became the director of swine production and, uh, and progressed to here. I worked with Gary for, for all that time and he was kind of he was a good mentor and and was training me to to eventually kind of move into his role over those fifteen years um, and then the last year I've been doing more of that he was phasing out and and i was I was doing more of of what he was doing or what i'm doing now and and that I just took over that about a month ago good yeah and it seems like you've been well prepared i mean it was Pretty seamless, at least from our perspective. The rest of us in the company. I'm so. glad to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we may get yeah. comments, and yeah. In the, yeah. <laughs> on the surface, we you can't tell what a horrible job you're doing. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think uh, Callaway. Uh, you know, I think he. I think he set up a pretty good standard for for a successor. You yeah, know, I think he did that well. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to glad to have you in this new position. So. What's a day look like for you in your current role? Right. Uh, a lot of my time is spent around looking at production records, um, finding efficiencies, um, also working with, we have a very good team um, at, at the feed mill and, and all our drivers and, and our production managers in the field. And day to day, I'm working with them, just making sure everything's coordinated, everybody has what they need, uh, if there's any questions. But a big portion of my time is is looking at production records and and you know close out records for for the barns and just making sure we're on track and if we can find any efficiencies in the in the system. So talking about those production records, we've uh, had Gary on here before and talked a little bit about about the whole process. But I guess as a refresher, we, so the pig come the little baby pigs come in at what about what size and when do they leave? Sure, uh, the baby pigs will come in. They'll wean them at about twelve pounds. And, and those will come in here, um, and we will, we will grow them for typically four and a half to five months. The first pigs out the barn will be about four and a half months, and they're weighing about 280 pounds. So they'll go from that 12 pounds to 280 in, in that time frame, typically about 135 to 140 days. And at about 155, 160 days, we'll have that barn cleaned out and be ready to fill it again. So uh, from start to finish, about five and a half months to get all them pigs from 12 pounds to 280. Okay. And how much, uh, so the little pigs, I mean, eventually, how much does a pig eat and it's, and it's in that 
four and a half to five in its months. lifetime. The pig's going to eat about anywhere between 650 and 700 pounds, depending on your efficiencies and the, and the diets that you feed them. Um, right now, we're, it takes about two and a half pounds of feed for a pound of gain is where we're running. Um, and that depends on the diet you use. Higher, higher energy diets, um, sometimes it'll be a little more efficient. But what we're using right now, you got to kind of balance that with with cost to make sure that uh, that we're being a, being a efficient with efficient them. Yeah. with them. Yeah. So what are you pulling your energy from when you say a higher energy diet? What do you change? What ingredients do you change? So most of the energy in the diets come from corn in the, in a pig's diet, but we can we can enhance that with liquid fat, usually like a like a tallow grease or or a vegetable blend, vegetable oil. Um, we can add to that and, and increase the energy in the diets. And those pigs will be a little more efficient that way. They can digest that that grease energy a lot lot easier. And so, um, but right now we're not feeding that because that's such so high priced. Uh-huh. That that oil is going to the 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 biofuel now diesel market. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got yeah. lots of options, and you kind of get this, and you obviously pick out the most effective, and uh, for the for the best cost and and uh, got them all jacked up with vitamins and minerals and and uh, no steroids. We don't know like, nope. as a contrary to popular belief. I mean, we, they're not jacked up on a bunch of uh, steroids or anything, but uh, they or are meds. Or, I mean, or meds. Yeah, yeah, that's right. All natural diet. Um, we work with a nutritionist through through Purina, um, who who takes care of our diets for us, um, formulates our rations, and just makes sure everything's in balance. And, uh, we do use a, f- a few meds. Um, we're not medication free, but we work with a veterinarian to pulse those in when they're needed. Um, they aren't on a medication all the time and we make sure we follow all withdrawals and, and all that. So, yeah, yeah. we treat, we treat, not try to prevent, right? I mean, we, we're just treating, treating an illness. That's when the meds go in. So. We, yeah. We work with our veterinarian and, and, you know, test the pigs, check the pigs for anything that they may have. And we, we do diagnostics on anything that we have and just make sure that, that any of our medication pulses are needed. Yeah. Basically. I don't understand the, that whole mindset of folks that don't want you to give medicine to an animal. I mean, if it's sick, if we get the flu, I mean, we, we give me right. something for it or right. whatever it is. Uh, but then there's a, there's a waiting period, right? I mean, if we do give medicine to an animal that's going to go into food um there's a there's a withdrawal period or before it ever goes into processing right and that's all managed i mean and that's all tested by the fda for for a company to release a a medication it's all got to be tested by the fda and and they have they know the withdrawal periods it takes to get it out of that animal system so that's safe for consumption so so to minimize the uh the sicknesses in the animals and and so Tell us about your uh, biosecurity practices just a little bit. I mean, it's, it's pretty clean in those barns. Sure. Yeah, we keep them as clean as we can. Um, it's it's shower in, shower out to those facilities. Um, anybody going to that building takes a shower. There's clothes inside the buildings. There's boots inside the buildings. Um, any any equipment or any anything that goes in and out of that barn is, is disinfected um, before it goes in into the barn. Um but we try to keep those as clean as possible between groups. We take all the pigs out, sell them all out. Before the next ones come in, the barns are pressure washed and disinfected, um, sealing to floor. So 
we watch that very closely and just make sure that we're not carrying any diseases in, into the into the barn. Yep. The clean side of the barn is actually called where the pigs are. That's the, right. that's the clean side. And then the rest of the world is called the, the, dirty, the dirty side, side. right? Yep. And yep. Uh, if uh, folks, uh, we had an open house one time before we ever brought pigs into a new barn. And, and uh, people, I remember I asked kind of about the piping. And uh, for the power washers, when it's come time to clean with the disinfectant to make sure it's, I mean, it is spotless when the new pigs come in. And that's um, all through those pipes that got piped in all the, di- uh, the disinfectant um, product into the water as they power wash everything from top to bottom. And even the pigs, um, explain how they're kept clean. I mean, even the, the, the waste and how it drops into a pit uh, for people might not understand where all the the hog crap goes they're not wallowing in anything yeah they're not no they've got slatted floors in those barns that have a a pit underneath it that that collects the manure um and and the pigs usually find an area in their pen and that's that's going to be the area where they'll they'll go to urinate and you know defecate and and they're smart very smart animals they're going to keep that stuff away from their feed and water sources yep you know, and it's just an area that they go to, and they start that from from day one. Hmm. You got these little pigs in there, and they all go to the same. It's usually a corner of a pen or the back of a pen where the airflow's maybe not as as good as you know, or their their heat source or whatever when they're little, and they'll start that, and uh, that's where they'll they'll go the whole time, and that just falls. They'll they'll go on the floor, and it just falls through into the yep. pit, and. And, uh, yeah, the pigs stay remarkably clean. Yeah. So even, uh, they just move away from the area. The whole group kind of knows that's where they go. And they, when they lay down, it's on relatively clean slats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about technology in your barns a little bit. I mean, you have technology from your feed bins to your, to the inside of the barns. I mean, that's, that's really became big for you. I mean, as far as monitoring and a safety and all of the things you monitor with technology, tell me. Tell us what uh, what sort of technology you've implemented. What do you monitor? Well, the the barns themselves have computer systems that, that run the ventilation um, and the feed systems uh, in in the rooms themselves. Um, we monitor air temperatures and, and air quality, um, all run by that computer. If it, if the the barn is heating up or something, it'll kick on fans as it as it does heat up. We've got sidewall curtains that'll raise and lower to, to allow more air in or to, to cool it off wintertime. The heaters are all run by, by technology. Our goal is to keep that, that barn, um, at a constant temperature. Hmm. So when the, when the babies are small, we'll, we'll have the air temperature in the room around 74 degrees. And then they'll have a little mat area with a, with a, a brooder that'll, that'll run about 84 degrees, kind of a kennel area for them. And they like that, that heat, but then, then they'll come out into that if we cool off the air temperature a little bit away from that that area they'll come out and, and eat a little better oh and as the pigs grow then we'll bring that room temperature down so and and we'll get all the way down to we'll set them at 61 degrees when they're up to 200 pounds that's pretty neat that you yeah. can have that much climate control yeah i've uh, seen some of the apps that they use now with the it shows you the fans that are running mm-hmm. and the speed uh and like you said is it the feed the feed we're monitoring feed yeah. too i mean that's that's a relatively new investment we've made we've we've got several barns that that have controllers that you can pull up on your phone and 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 uh monitor what's going on in that barn see what fans are running or if there's something not running right and we've also got um bin sensors 
now that monitor how much feed's in a bin, how much it's using per day. Um, if it hasn't run for a while, it'll send out an alert to the grower to have them check on that bin to make sure that everything's working right. Hmm. Yeah. So it is awesome. And that helps Justin at the feed mill as far as, uh, the ordering process goes. You're not necessarily always waiting on somebody to remember to say, Hey, it's, it's sure. It's tough. more efficient for us. Cause he can get, sure. he can get all that information in real time instead of waiting on somebody to go do that for him, to give him an inventory on feed or whatever he's doing. So. So many ton of feet a week do we grind? It's it it depends on on how big our pigs are. They're they you know they're through cycles. Right now, um, we're going we're going through a bunch of a lot of, of bigger pigs. Um, and and selling we're right now we're selling uh, thirty five loads a week. So we've got a lot of a lot of big pigs going out the door. Um, Semi loads. How, how so much that, is on so that? so last week uh, they hauled seventy. Um, out of the feed mill, they hauled seventy-five, you know, loads of loads of feed, and that's twenty-two tons wow. a load. So yeah, I kept them moving. Feeding how many pigs, roughly, plus or minus? We're feeding about a hundred, hundred thousand at a time. We'll yeah. we'll finish out a little over two hundred thousand annually. Uh, annually, yeah. Neat. Yeah. That uh, how um, so I mean, back in uh, before the pandemic, we just talk about things that we we found were critical. One of the things that, that we decided was like, if, if everybody got sick, that the truck driving, the feed was the most important thing was to make sure we, we kept the feed trucks on the road for the animals and, um, that, and of course the home heat and stuff. And it was, uh, kind of neat to go through that process to find out exactly, you know, if, if things go really bad, what's, what are we going to make sure that we take care of? The and pigs was, have to eat. Yeah, the pigs have to eat. Yeah. So we watch that too. I mean, if there's in the wintertime, there's a storm system coming in or whatever, um, you know, we may work a few extra hours huh. to get to get feed delivered to those to those barns. If you're going to be down for a couple of days for snow or something like that or ice, uh, we make sure that, that there's enough feed there to get them through that period. And they've got generator backup. They've got generator backup in the barns. Um, so if power goes out, the generator will kick on automatically. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of good fail safes and a lot of good technology. Hmm. Any plans for expansion? What are, uh, what does the operation look like to you? I mean, what's the environment for, for raising pigs right now? Pretty decent demand. I mean, we talk about some worldly things as far as, uh, regulations and demand right. and all that. So right. let's, let's jump to that for a little bit. What kind of environment are you operating in? Yeah. Right now it's in the hog industry. It's tough. You know, there's a lot of people losing money right now, and and uh, you know we're we're sitting okay as a company. We're we're going to be just fine. Um, it's hard to expand right now. Building costs have have increased so much, and and uh, you know the, the markets aren't great for for pigs right now. Um, so not a lot of expansion um, in the U.S. I think we're gonna we're actually going to be decreasing the the, the herd, and that that has started um, decreasing sows, which is going to be less pigs. You know, in the long run, we haven't seen a huge reduction in the pig numbers yet, um, but I think that'll that will be coming. So, if you're a listener um, on YouTube or one of the pod, and you're paying eight or nine dollars for bacon or ten dollars, that doesn't hardly square up. So, is it just the cost of production has gone up so much? What's the yeah? Because at the grocery store, it is it's pretty salty. 
No right. pun intended. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. I have to give you credit for that. That's, that's actually funny, unlike most of your stuff. Easy. We had a dad joke one day. But anyway. Yeah, so cost the- of production has, has increased dramatically in the last couple of years. Um, and it's and it's the parts of production that, that you can't hedge against. I mean, you can... You can hedge against the corn and the bean meal that you feed them, and 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 you can you can hedge marketing the the pigs, but the transportation, the labor costs, energy costs, all that stuff has increased so much, and you can't protect that, and so that's why you see so much of that, and and it's all got to filter down the system, right down the line. Wow, you know, so that's why you see increased prices in the stores, and it's it's costing us so much more to produce those those pigs. Talking so, about cost, it, increased cost. What's that? Part of that's regulation. Before we sat down here, where you guys were talking about um, the California and some Prop regulation. Prop twelve, yeah. Prop twelve. Mm-hmm. You might bring us up to speed on what that is, because certainly people have seen the headlines. So sure. So California passed into into law um, what they call Prop twelve, and that is sows traditionally were were. Farrowed in crates. Farrow is, is when they have their, their piglets. Um, they're farrowed in crates, and they, they lived their life in a gestation crate um, where they were, they were bred and, and stayed there in that crate until they were ready to go farrow. They moved them to a, to a farrowing room to go do that. Well, Prop 12 says we don't want them, we don't want to leave them, them sows in a uh, crate all the time. They want them in open pens. Um, so that's what's it, – it, pushing us to to build our sow units differently to remodel our sow units um they'll breed the sows in a, in a crate right now for the for the opg what they call opg open pen gestation and gestation is what the period of time that they're after they're bred that they're growing those piglets inside them the prop 12 is going to move those to where you don't you don't put those sows in a crate at all to breed them even so they just go into a pen and and uh, are bred in the pens and and uh, they'll live their life in that pen. And then they'll go farrow in a crate hmm. for you know they'll be in there for the three weeks and and uh, then move back to pens again. So it's just changing the way we do things. We've got to remodel sow units. Um, the the sows are probably not going to be quite as efficient until they get used to that. Um, so so, it, so that'll need to so that'll, that'll change that'll change. You know, pricing of the meat and all that stuff too, because you've got you're incurring more cost to remodel, and then the production oil decrease just a little bit. So let's make sure we touch on that because it was it was the I mean that's the what, but the why is because California has said they're not going to buy any they're not going to buy any fresh meat fresh meat from, from any any other state yeah that doesn't from, fall underneath these guidelines. from anywhere yep that doesn't follow these guidelines that that sows are are gestated in in pens um bread and pens and uh have a higher square footage of living space so uh, for people that don't aren't familiar with what sows their humor um they're they don't have the best attitudes so mm-hmm. if you're just looking on the face of it you're like well let them run around and and uh, play together and and uh, go have fun. Why is uh, why is that not the most practical way to 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 keep the sows, uh, I guess, safe and and uh, healthy and comfortable? Tell me why is uh, getting out of those crates. Why is that not a good thing? Well, 
those sows, there's, there's a period of time when the, after them sows are bred, the implantation period, um, where the piglets are implanting to the pl placenta in the, in the sow, uh, they, if they're getting pushed around or the, the sows are fighting, um, that'll cause some of that to, to some of those to slough off. Yeah. And so they won't have as many pigs obviously that way, but those sows, they, they have a pecking order. Yeah. You know, there's going <laughs> to be where a, I was trying to get to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but they have a pecking order and they're I mean they fight they will fight yeah. and and so we'll see some struggles with that. Um, they're coming up with new technologies as far as feeding them and and trying to give them spaces to get away from each other. So we're working on that. Um, but there just, was a reason they were separated in the first place. There's a reason place. they were more efficient because they do, they weren't fighting and yeah. and you know they could they could just get along better that way. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What else? I mean, regulatory-wise, anything coming up? Because you were talking about manure earlier. Obviously, there's some regulation on how that's managed. I mean, what? Um, how you deal with that now? Yeah, there's not a lot of changes coming up in that, but uh, but we're regulated through through environmental agencies. Um, all the growers work with them themselves. They own the buildings and, and work with their manure, but but they've got manure management plans that they they follow and and they have yearly inspections. Um, IDEM takes care of all the, our barns around here, Indiana, Indiana department environmental management, but they've got, they've got somebody that comes and inspects their barns and just make sure everything's okay. And, and they take samples of the, of the manure, they get it analyzed to see the nutrient value of it. And then they come up with a, a manure management plan to how much they can spread per acre and what they're going to do there. So that's, that's highly regulated also. Yep. It's pretty neat though. There, there's, we, we take and uh, all that waste is all applied to fields and turns into fertilizer for the next crop. Turns into corn and beans. Yep. Turns yep. into corn and beans. Yep. And it's all contained. There aren't the open, we don't have the open pits like uh, they used to back in the 70s and right. and 80s. Right. The lagoons. Yeah, we're trying to get rid of that uh, that process for sure. I mean, there's a couple of those still hanging on in some of our operations and we're closing those uh, currently as we speak. Right. So... Um, anything else from a hog production standpoint you want to talk about? Excuse me. We won't edit that out. We we edit <laughs> nothing. Yeah, we edit nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, while while you're looking, um, you mentioned your wife earlier. Give right. us a little background on your family. I mean, since you're famous now, you might as well make them famous too. Right, so. right. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I were were married um 19 years ago it'll be next week wow yeah here in about three days actually be married for 19 years we've got three boys um a freshman a seventh grader and a second grader um, and we've been chasing them around they're all playing football this fall so. imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they're not near as big as i am really <laughs> right. oh you gotta give that second grader a chance i know <laughs> yeah. he'll, he'll get he, he'll grow into it <laughs> coming from kansas and playing football yeah imagine. imagine but we've been chasing them around this fall just trying to keep up with practices and football games it's just like everybody else we're all busy what'd you do all summer you got another sideline business that you got in the summer too what'd they do all summer in the fairs well, they you chase cattle too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we do. We we show Angus heifers, and so we spend a lot of time doing that. Several go to several shows a year, and and uh, have a lot of fun doing that. And I think that's that's good for for my boys. You know, get them up at five every morning to be out in the barn to feed and take care of them, and every night, and so it gives them some responsibility. And we we really enjoy doing that. 
So you get a pass on having roast beef for lunch. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> now we know the reason. Now we know. We'll just let you go for twenty minutes before we let you off the hook on that one. So. <laughs> Anything else you got from a production standpoint? I think we've covered. Unless you have any other questions on it, I kind of covered that. We can we can cover some more in another time. Yeah. It's fascinating for it is. Uh, our listeners to know about livestock. I mean, right. there there's a certain image out there of of livestock production, and we certainly want to we want to convey it in the positive light that it is in. So yeah. uh, right. we're we're good players, and I mean, you guys rely on those animals and the performance of them. So uh, and you do have you are surrounded with a good team. There's no doubt about yeah. it. So it's, it takes it's a lot of people to make it work. It's beneficial for us to take good care of them. Yeah, you know, we're we're the most productive and and more most cost effective when we're taking good care of the animals. Sure, so. that's right. Anything else? I think that's all we got. Okay. Well, that wraps up another episode of the High Ground, powered by Premier Companies, and we are getting quite a few subscribers out there. So uh, we appreciate that. If you like what we're the content, just like and subscribe, and uh, make some comments on the YouTube channel if you have questions, and we'll try to get them answered. All so, right. Thank y'all. That's it. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me.